Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations Beyond the Pew. I am forever talking, Reverend Kara Hildebrandt, and today I've got a guest, uh, David, also known as the One Bearded Golfer, and he is passionate about golf. Uh, maybe you've heard about him on Twitter, maybe you follow his blog. Um, anyway, so we're sitting down and just chatting about golf. I have tried to play golf a little bit, and um, I'm terrible at it, but I love it. I don't know what that's about. Um, so, David, welcome. Good to be here. Um, and I'm curious, what, um, why golf? Why play golf? I'll tell you how I got started. I don't know. The road is long and winding. I'm a, what you would call a Tiger Woods golfer. My okay. baseball career ended when they handed me my high school diploma. That was it. Okay. I, did, I didn't have college level stuff. Um, so I needed something else to do. That happened to be 1997. I just watched Tiger Woods win the Masters. Instead of being an old white guy in ugly pants, yeah. he, for the first time in my life, he made the game look cool. I mean, we didn't. Mm -hmm. My dad wasn't a golf fan. We we were baseball people. Yeah. So, as again, I'm putting the the cleats and the baseball bats and gloves away. Over in the corner are my brother's old clubs. Okay. And I was like, okay, Tiger Woods made this look really cool. Maybe I should try this. <laughs> So it started with some little orange wiffle balls in the front yard in Mount Washington. Um, I just graduated. I was leaving for college in the fall, so okay. I was just working that summer. I was like, okay, I'll try this. I can swing. I've been playing a swing, <laughs> you know, swinging yeah. a club sport. Um, and somewhere along the line, I hit a shot or two uh, that the feeling, there's no feeling like it. I've hit home runs. I've hit hard baseballs. Um, hitting an actual golf shot correctly. There's very little feeling like it. Okay. Uh, and it's addicting. You want more. Even if you only do it once around, mm -hmm. you want it again. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost, there is a golf addiction out there. Yeah. Um, so that's, and then it became, you know, going to college, joining a fraternity, a lot of my guys, my buddies all played golf. It okay. was an excuse to go drink beer for four hours and hang out with your friends and play the fool. That, that <laughs> right, was, yes. In my 20s, that's what golf was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, that was great for what it was. I wasn't serious. I wasn't any good. I never had lessons. Uh, these are all a bunch of things I regret after the fact. Mm -hmm. But in my 30s, finally decided to grow up a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, most of my college friends had moved away, was in professional settings, also, you know, had, uh, you know, just had some time and needed some exercise. So I started going to my local golf course and just walking whenever I had. Okay. I can walk nine holes in about 90 minutes or less. Nice. So a little bit of exercise in there. and Yeah. yeah. Nine holes is about a three-mile walk. Okay? okay. So it's like a 5K. Nice. A little sidebar. Uh, while the courses were closed down this spring, the mm -hmm. city of Lexington courses closed for April due for COVID concerns. Yeah. And so one of the things I did is I went out and I actually jogged a course uh, oh. as part of some 10K training or whatever. I just went out and ran. Okay. And I went straight down the middle of the fairway from the tee box, down the middle of the fairway to the green to the next tee box on a golf course that I regularly walk in about seven and a half miles Okay. because I don't hit the ball very straight. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a 5K on this golf course and see how long that takes. I was done halfway down the 13th hole. 
Mm-hmm. Like there was my, no, I'll take that back. That was the 10K. So, or anyway, I ran a 5K and I almost, I got well past half the course. Okay. So I was like, okay, so I'm really bad at golf because it's taken me, I'm going so much laterally in the walking, but yeah. I do it for the exercise too. But why golf? Because the challenge, no one ever beats golf. Ah. Uh, you know, you can, you can play a baseball game and hit four home runs. Mm-hmm. in your forward bats you can play a basketball game and make every shot you take and guard your guy and not give up any points the the best golfers in the world have never played a perfect round there have been some that have been close but they've never done it because even sometimes watching them like you're watching the masters and you're like oh they screwed that up just like i screw up that shot i have hit that exact shot and they're getting paid millions mm-hmm. they do it a lot less than we do <laughs> right <laughs> but there's there's that inherent challenge to it that you never you play the game you never win or lose you may mm-hmm. win or lose a match obviously if you're playing against somebody yeah but you never win or lose the game of golf mm. it, it's it there's something to that Protestant Charlie Hustle work ethic that if mm. you if you work harder yeah. you know and you you accept you put you do your best then you can accept the result. And you'll want to do it again. Hmm. There's a lot of that spirit to golf. Yeah. Well, and I find... So I'm even a worse... I, I'm terrible at golf. But there will be like this moment you're talking about where there's a shot. Or I actually make par on a hole. Which is very, very, very rare for me. And it's like, wow, I did that. And then the very next thing, you know, it's, it's back to, oh, I think I just put that on the other fairway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that is and that's that's part of it uh that's part of beginner golf that's part of expert golf mm-hmm. um you just learn to try to mitigate those shots as best you can but yes that feeling of accomplishment uh, you know connecting doing everything right and getting a reward there's a some will argue with this but there is a justice in golf now you're going to get the odd bad bounce or mm-hmm. a bad break uh, but overall those tend to wash out but it is a pretty just game. If you do well, you're going to get a good result because you're playing against yourself in the course. Yeah. Okay. It's you. It's unique in that respect. It's almost like a performance sport, like a gymnastics or something. Mm. Except it's scored a little differently. But yeah. um, it's a you get out of it what you put in. There's something very appealing about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's you against you, mm-hmm. and every day you're just hoping for maybe a little better than yesterday. That's right. That's um, kind of like uh, in my CrossFit world. Of that's all you're trying to do. It's just about you being competitive with yourself, and you're hoping tomorrow it'll be a little better than yesterday. Maybe it won't hurt so bad. <laughs> Maybe you'll have learned something. Correct. And that's the golf transitions. It's an interesting game to play because it starts out as you try to master the physical aspects of it, mm. like swinging correctly, putting the club in positions where it is supposed to be to make the ball do what you want it to do. And that's hard. I mean, People look at it and think, well, you know, a baseball player, by contrast, is hitting a ball thrown at them and, you know, is trying to make contact with that. Well, if you look at, they have 90 degrees of field, like the geometry of it, a baseball field, home plate, the, yeah. the two foul lines are 90 degrees apart. On a golf course, yes, the ball is sitting still when you hit it, but you're trying to place it in about a four or five degree array, mm-hmm. forward array. 
Okay. Anything more than that, and you're in the trees or in another fairway on another hole, something like that. Um, and you're hitting at much larger distances. Yeah. Your average, your average amateur hack like me can hit one over the 400-yard sign in center field on a baseball field with about a pitching wedge, maybe a 9-iron. Okay? The, just okay. The, the scaling up is part of what the, the challenge is. But the physical part of, okay, you learn how to swing and how to putt and how to chip and all of those things. And then as you're going, you're figuring out the mental repetitions and you're figuring out the mental side of the game. So mm-hmm. you kind of tra- there's this middle zone and then you transition to where the whole thing is mental. I'm... I aspire to get there one day. I'm somewhere in the in-between. I'm in purgatory right now. I'm okay. just waiting, waiting to move past the physical and into solely the mental game. Um, but that's something that's appealing because you don't just, it's not, whereas CrossFit, you're probably working on, I would assume, things like endurance and, uh, you know, discipline, self-discipline. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the mental side. Same things in golf. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're applied differently, but it's that same do you have the mental discipline to do, to make yourself repeat things over and over again, to withstand temptation, hmm. you know, to be, to, to look at it, to assess the percentages, um, it, all those little, just nuance and subtlety, just endlessly. And that's, for me, someone who has a very active mind, that's part of the beautiful thing about golf, hmm. is that it's... Um, there's always something to think about. There's always more than one way to do it. Yeah. Well, and it, it also challenges you in your reactions to things, right? So you hit the the good the good shot, and of course there's celebration. But those bad shots, I mean, I've watched where golfers have thrown like their golf bags into the water, and you're like, really? Um, because it's so easy to get frustrated and just allow the frustration to. To take over so it almost teaches you some self-control uh, it does it very much does here's part of the i mentioned that golf is a just game here's part of the justice of it in most other sports all other things being equal the bigger stronger faster athlete wins mm-hmm. more often than not mm-hmm. you have the rare exception of of that's why the little guys that excel at sports are become cult pop heroes yeah. Okay, your Doug Fluties, your Pee Wee Reese's, um, Muggsy Bogues, little guys. And, and everybody knows their name because they were the little guy. In golf, the, the different, until recently, the, the advent of the modern technology has, is fraying at this line of thinking. But the, it wasn't always that the biggest, strongest guy in golf won because at the highest levels, it was so mental. It was that. How do you deal? Okay, you didn't hit the perfect shot. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, even the pros don't hit the perfect shot. But how do they manage it? How do they deal with the slight uh, frustrations of you know not hitting a perfect shot? It is a very, very difficult game on a control freak, on yeah. someone that is that, that likes to be in control and determine outcomes and control perceptions and those sorts of things. Those are the people that get very frustrated, that are snapping clubs or throwing bags into the lake. Um, yeah, it, it's a game. Yes, it much like fishing. It teaches you to find something else to have a piece, or um, you know how to deal with disappointment and reality. Kind of take life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you end up playing by yourself. Nobody, nobody wants to be right. with a guy that is 
cussing and making everybody uncomfortable and playing the fool. Right. Well, and I remember last year at the Masters uh, when Tiger Woods was playing and he won. Mm -hmm. But they were talking about how he is able to deal with if it's a bad round and how he's able then to mentally prepare himself. Um, and, and I, they were seeing that, um, how he could almost like reset. Right. Um, and how that really was what propelled him to win. Very much so. He, he doesn't hit it. When he came on the scene, he hit the ball miles past everyone. He swung harder, hit the ball further than just about anybody. Yeah. Well, everybody else caught up. He's in his 40s now. Mm-hmm. He still hits it plenty far. He hits it just as far as he did 20 years ago, which is incredible. But everybody yeah. else is caught up. Hmm. So his, he's now the best iron player in the world, I think. That's pretty well accepted. But he is, from day one, has been the most mentally strong um, other than the period where he kind of got wayward in his personal life and that bled into his professional right. life. Right. On the course, he has always been the his mental focus and discipline has been incredible. The ability to reset, to not think about the shot that he had five minutes ago that didn't go exactly where it was. He could recover. Right. With each swing, he would reset and recover. Some of his best highlights are him hitting balls from places he should have never been. Hmm. You know, a world-class golfer shouldn't be in those weeds or in that tough spot. Yeah. And his ability to say, okay, instead of, God, can you believe this happened to me? To instead just start over and solve the problem. Yeah. There's there's a great anecdote. There's a, a caddy. I don't think he's around anymore. But he caddied for both Greg Norman okay. and Tom Watson. Greg Norman was Australia's greatest golfer, dominated the 1980s and into the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was Tiger right before Tiger came on. And Tom Watson is an American that went over, won, I think, five British Opens, a couple of Masters and U.S. Open from the 70s. And this caddy had worked for both of them. And people would always ask, what's the biggest difference? What's the difference in their game? What did you see different? I said, you know, here's the difference. Greg Norman would hit a ball and it would land in a bad spot in the fairway. It would be in a divot that somebody hadn't repaired, mm-hmm. which is an awful place to hit a golf ball from. And he turned to his caddy and said, can you believe my luck? Why does this keep happening to me? This is the best player in the world, but he has a kind of a, that little soft, at times whiny mindset. Yeah. And so he'd, you know, he'd do the best and maybe he pulls off the shot or not, but he was already semi-defeated in his mind. Mm. Same shot, same ball in a bad divot in the fairway. And Tom Watson would look at his caddy and go, wait till you see what I do with this. <laughs> and would, would just go up there and confidently, you know, it, it just a complete 180 on the mindset. Yeah. And so golf gives you that opportunity to kind of let your character come through in that respect. Are you going to be positive? Are you going to reset and, and attack? Yeah. Are you going to be negative and be mentally defeated by the bounces that you get? It's a nice metaphor for life. Absolutely. I mean, that's really, right? Because life isn't going to be a bed of roses. Nope. Um, there are going to be lots of thorns in those roses. And so how are you going to navigate that? Because right. um, everything's going to be thrown at you. It, and I think that goes along with like one of the biggest lessons that you learn from golf. Are there other lessons like that that you've taken that you've applied then to your life? Oh, sure. Um, again, there's a discipline needed to improve. Okay, mm-hmm. You have to make a conscious decision to do it, and so there's a, a plan and you have to act on it. Um, the, the, the idea of being positive, staying positive, the idea of 
accepting the what's called the rub of the green. That's the, the fancy old Scottish phrase in the rules for luck or bad luck. It's called rub of the green. Okay. And you just, there's nothing to do about it. There's no rule that says you get to replay that shot because you incurred some bad luck. You hit the ball, you, you play it as it lies, you hit it again, find it, repeat. Um, so that, that having, trying to find and adopt that mindset where you can just accept the things that happen, problem solve and move on mm-hmm. is a great way rather than getting frustrated and, and fixated on it being perfect. It is not a game of perfection. If you, if you seek and hold yourself to a perfect standard, you're going to be disappointed. Well, I had a good 35-year run of living, of trying to find perfection and try to reach a, a perfection standard and coming up short, mm-hmm. and it led to a lot of frustration. It led to yeah. you know, sadness, depression, all kinds of things. Whereas, looking back, if I'd accepted those situations a little bit more on life's terms, mm-hmm. you know, accept that bad bounce, accept that, you know, those limitations or whatever, you know, probably would have saved myself a lot of grief and strife along the way. Yeah. Yeah, been a little bit happier, maybe a little bit more peaceful. Uh, For sure. (laughs) Yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody today about that that strive for perfection and how it just is so disruptive to everything else because you can't get there. Right. Uh, And so anything that helps with teaching how to navigate those moments is a win, right? It is. It absolutely is. And I guess that's maybe on a, a deeper level, on a more base level, one of the great things some of the great things about golf is that it is a game of values. It's a game of honesty. You call your own score, you mm. call your own penalties on yourself. So it is a real test of character. Yeah. Um, it is a game of courtesy. Uh, my, my sons are both wanting to tag along to the golf course now. They're five and two, both yeah. of them for another couple of months. And they love to come to the golf course with their dad. And so one of the things I've tried to impress on both of them is that it's a game you have to be quiet. You have to have good manners, essentially. Mm-hmm. You have to be quiet while someone else is hitting. You don't talk too loud to bother other people in the fairway. You wait You wait your turn. You know, everybody has a turn and an order. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a, a nice framework for them. Um, so those are some of the values. It's a, there, there's a, it teaches, even though it's a solo game, it does teach you how to be around other people. You know, mm-hmm. for someone that may be shy, for kids, I think it's, because you're not thrust into a team game involuntarily and you yeah. know, kind of surface level, know your teammates. This is one of my favorite things about golf. Depending on the day and the mood that I'm in, <laughs> I'm probably going to find exactly what I want at the golf course. Mm. If I'm in a rough spot or had a frustrating day, yeah. I can go out by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't play music. I don't listen to headphones or anything while I golf. I go out and have peace and quiet in a natural, relatively natural setting for alternately for a couple of hours at least yeah you know just go and walk and be peaceful and get the blood pressure down or if i've got a a golf date with somebody or a match Mm -hmm. i'm going out there in that same peaceful setting and i've got someone's undivided attention basically for two hours or four hours yeah that's you can have a real conversation with somebody in that space of time yes was it just the two of you or just the three or four of you you don't have your whether you're walking or riding in the cart, okay, not everybody does this, but this is how I do golf. The phone basically stays in my pocket unless I'm taking pictures. Right. Or there's an emergency. So uh, you, I get to know people on the golf course. I get to, it's the best place to catch up with friends because, again, I've got their undivided attention for a couple of hours. We're doing, with a common, you know, amusement yeah. uh, factor, but 
I absolutely love that about the game because you can do both. Yeah. Well, in, it's like, and the only pressure you have is whatever you decide to put upon yourself. Because, you know, mentioning team sports, I wasn't a big fan of team sports because it was too much pressure because I didn't want to let anybody down. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I can't do that. But it is kind of interesting with golf. It's like, and even the person that you're playing with, you know, somebody, because um, I'll get anxious or something about a shot, and they're like, Kara, just chill. And it's like, right. It's like a, a little reminder. It doesn't matter. Exactly. There's, it's a game full of humility. That's another value you find <laughs> yes. in golf. Because the number of people that care what I have shot on a given day start and end with me. My wife might humor me and say, hey, how was the golf? Mm-hmm. She, the last thing in the world she wants at that point is a blow-by-blow account of what happened on the golf course. She just wants to know, did I do? am I happy with it? Yes. Am I disappointed? Am I frustrated? Do I need to go to the range for two hours to cool down after a round of golf? That's the best. You know, you go out and play, and I've got—I call it—I've got to get that taste out of my mouth. So I'm notorious. I'll go walk nine holes in the afternoon, you know, while the boys were sleeping, and then after dinner, and everybody's put. It's like, honey, I—I'll be back. I got to go just get the taste of that out of my mouth. But it, no one cares. Right. It, it's the yeah. This I found that this out in other experiences, but I think golf really sealed it. The problems that you have the deeds that you've done no one really unless it affects them directly no one really cares mm-hmm. it's do you you know the what people will remember from around golf is were you nice were you fun to play with did yeah. you did you keep up was it an enjoyable experience no you know no one's yeah. did may, okay if you have a hole in one somebody might remember that yeah but they might not well and that kind of goes with um i did a memorial service uh, a few weeks ago and this person, everybody that knew her said she was the kindest person I ever met. And to think about that, that that's the last word. Like, they don't remember necessarily specific things. I mean, maybe some, but but for the most part, it was, this is the kindest person I knew. And so that with golf, of what really matters. Right. It, it is. It's the... They say it's a game of character, and you find someone's character out playing with them, and that's really what it is. Is it? Um, do you make it an enjoyable experience? Are you? Do you follow the things I talked about? Are you courteous? Yeah. Do you have fun? Does somebody feel better after they've played with you? Then you know, would you would you play with them again? It's mm. a nice barometer of what kind of golfer they are. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their score. Right. Yeah, um, I play with people who generally don't keep score because we're all so bad. And so it's, it's one of those things of, and then if we go off into an area where it's for us impossible to like hit the golf ball out, we're like, just throw it, just, just throw it back on the fairway. But we're all on the same page about it. Right. Um, and nobody's, uh, we tease about, well, I think I lost a million on that shot. <laughs> exactly. And I do that. Okay. The disclaimer being, I play a lot of competitive amateur golf. Not high-level amateur golf, but mm-hmm. I play in club tournaments and things yeah. around town. I enjoy that. That's, that's one of the things golf is for me. It, it gives me an outlet for that competitive fire. Yeah. But I am also the golfer that on a cold winter day when nobody's out there, mm-hmm. I'll go out with just my irons and hit shots from the red tees, the very forward tees where you know the I would never play in a competition, but I'm just going out there... One, to have some solace, and two, mm-hmm. to hit shots I've never hit. To see the see a golf course from 
literally from angles that I've never stopped and seen. Nice. Um, you know, with, with Benjamin, my son, he's been on, I guess he's played maybe three or four proper nine hole rounds with me. He's never once asked me, hey, dad, what was my score? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, I, I'm hoping to use that as a tool to work on counting and addition and those sorts of things. Uh-huh. Um, but if he gets it on the green, I'll, I'll say, okay, this hole's, there's one at my home club at, at Picadome here in Lexington. And it's about 120 yards, which is a very short hole for me. Okay. A uh, little par three. And I say, I do the math in my head. I say, okay, if he wallops it, he hits his driver about 40 yards. So this is three shots to get to the green and a couple of putts. So this is a par seven for you, buddy. Yeah. Okay. And he, he'll try to keep count for a while, but he is, he puts all over the place has never discouraged him. Yeah. You know, he, he'll hit a six inch putt three feet because he's not exactly great on distance control. Doesn't affect his mood. Doesn't affect <laughs> his enjoyment of the experience. He's happy to be out there with me. He's happy to be mm-hmm. swinging the club. So having, having that experience this year has been a nice reminder, a nice reinforcement that it is a game. I don't do this for a living. 99.9% of the world doesn't play golf for a living, even though we, we're all convinced on some level that if I just had time to practice, I bet I... Right. Right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not biding my time until I join the senior tour. Right. Um, so all of those little things, our spirit of the game and all little... It's fabric of the game and it's lessons. And again, you can make it as serious as you want. I keep a, a regular um, $6... It's called a $2 Nassau. It's one of the great gambling games in golf. Okay. It's a game from the Scots. Of course, there's going to be gambling involved. $2 on the front side, $2 on the back, and $2 on the overall. So that we're not breaking the bank. But my friends and I will fight like there are three or six or nine zeros behind that number. It's just, it's the competition with your friends. That's what really, those are the most fun rounds. Those are the ones I remember shot by shot. Nice. Well, that goes to my next question of what course have you played where you learned the most and what were those lessons where i've learned the most and that could be on anything whether it's on the game of golf about yourself or right um i think there's a there's a golf course here in town called kearney hill golf links uh it's a and pete die course it was built to host a senior tour event uh, and it did for several years and then they moved on as they do but it's a very, very nice golf course, uh, relatively treeless. Okay. It is as good in December as it is in May, meaning that it's a cool season golf course. It has. We live in a part of the country here in Kentucky where we get all four seasons, and that's really hard on the greenskeepers mm. because the okay. Bermuda grass, if you use warm season grass, it goes dormant. It's like high school football fields. At first frost, it's brown and muddy for yeah. the, until spring. Hot season or uh, cool season grasses like you have in Michigan – Mm-hmm. bent grass and those sorts of things. Well, you've got to put so much water on them in the summer to keep them alive. So it's a little squishy. But anyway, this one is as close to a four season golf course. And a lot of this sort of spiritual stuff that you're talking about or that I'm talking about, I have found out there going out there when I played out there in the snow, they, mm. they operate year round. And okay. if it's not frozen, they'll let you go out. If you're silly enough to show up and pay money, <laughs> they'll just let you go. Especially me, because I walk, so they don't have to. Okay. They don't have to have somebody waiting to bring my cart back into the cart barn, because I'll just go gotcha. and walk. And just going out there on a sunny day, a cloudy day, a windy day doesn't matter. And just having that kind of peace, I'll set some goals. One, can I, can I force myself to have the discipline 
to do it. Like I'm, I'll, since I'm not counting the score and I'm matching against anybody, can I play one ball all the way around? Can yeah. I not drop, not hit a bad shot, pull a ball out of my pocket in frustration and try hitting that shot again? That that's my tendency. That's how I blow a gasket. I'll go ten cup. Like gotcha. I'll, I'll miss a shot in disbelief. I was like, okay, nobody's here. I'm not holding anybody up. Well, I've emptied the number of times I've emptied my bag is more than the hair I have left on my head because I will that that fuse will blow. Like I know I can do this, and so I will literally hit every golf ball in my bag until I get it right. So can I can I set a goal? Can I not do that? Can I keep my temper? Can I keep my wits? Can I find gratitude out there? Just be happy to be out there. So that that's a golf course that I've learned a lot of lessons on. Um, As far as natural beauty. I went to Scotland in 2019 with some friends, mm-hmm. and there's a course there called Carnoustie, okay. generally regarded as one of the hardest courses in the world. Uh-huh. Now we didn't we didn't play from the back where the the pros play from, but it is um, it hosts the the Open Championship or the British Open. Yeah. It's in that rotation. Just the the length and the bunkers and the wind. It really it, it lived up to the billing. And I was able to get around there and post a respectable number. That okay. my, my friends and I joke that everyone wants to go to St. Andrews and see the old course. Mm-hmm. That is that is just that is the mecca for golf. Okay, yeah. it's where it all began. That's where you make your pilgrimage. And they've got all the the ambiance and all the scenery. Well, Carnoustie's got the course. If you okay. if you love golf, if you love the challenge, you're going to love that place. It's like climbing Mount Everest. You want <laughs> you want to see if you can do it. Yeah. And to be able to go over there and, you know, kind of hold my head high and get around there. Because you're always, golf, you're always testing yourself. You're always measuring yourself, not only against yourself, but your peers in the golf course. Yeah. Um, And to be able to get around there with a decent number gave me a little sense of pride, a little bit of accomplishment, which is, can be rare in this game. But it's nice to get some positive feedback and reinforcement every once in a while. Otherwise, what are we doing out there? Well, right. And you get the, usually, like, at that moment where you're like, ugh, I don't know, I may give this up. And then it's like, oh, oh, not, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. The, the number of times that I've said, you know what, I ought to just take up tennis is, uh, again, that that's once a round, once a day on the golf course. But <laughs> you find the discipline and the, again, you hit that one shot and you just can't wait to get back out. And golf is an evil game in that respect because on the last hole of the day, whether it be nine holes or 18, I birdied that hole more than all the other holes. It doesn't matter the golf course. Yeah. But I will get to that point where I'm either relaxed enough because I'm not going to shoot a personal best or I've just had a good time and I want to focus and try to... The number of times I hit my best shot of the day on that last hole, Hmm. more often than not. And it's just mean because then you can't wait. No matter how bad you've played up until that point, how many how many strokes you've taken, how what a disaster that scorecard is. Yeah. You hit that one or two good shots and you get that really good result. Truth. You can't wait to do it again. Very true. Very true. All right. So my last question, which I ask everybody, is what piece of wisdom do you live by? What piece of wisdom do I live by? Mm-hmm. You know what? The, if I'm honest about it, the wisdom of the serenity prayer is what gets me through the day. All right. Very nice. Cont- control what I can control. Let go what I've got to let go of. And please let me know the difference. Mm. 
And that is not an easy, I mean, it's, it's a simple prayer, but it is a hard prayer. Oh, it is hard. It's, it's yeah. every day. There's a, one of the reasons that appeals to me, there is a process and a progress, not perfection element to it. Yeah. You, you keep striving, you keep working, and you don't ever give up. Don't right. ever, ever, ever give up. And that's... Nice. That works. Well, um, I hope for all those listening that they have enjoyed this time. I certainly have. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for being with me today. I'm very humbled that you asked. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, if you're curious more about this golf game, uh, One Bearded Golfer is your Twitter handle. That's your blog and your podcast. The podcast is the Blind Shots Podcast. The Blind Shots Podcast. All right. So I'll make sure to get that uh linked into the show notes um thank you david very happy to be here kira thank you everybody have a good one and may we all learn something in life